Hey y'all, and welcome to the Teacher Nook, where we break down strategies, tools, and resources to help self-contained educators teaching students with significant disabilities, including autism. Learn tips and tricks to manage behavior, improve communication, and build vocational skills in less time and with less stress. We help you work smarter, not harder. It's Ayo here, and I want to thank you for joining me today. As always, I'm here to help you by answering your questions on teaching students with severe and profound disabilities. But before we get to today's episode, I want to remind you that you can have your questions answered on the Teacher Nook by heading over to the website and submitting a question today. If you have your question chosen for the podcast, you'll receive a free resource from the Noodle Nook store. Our store has visual supports for communication and behavior, including token boards and visual schedules, adapted novels and activities to develop students academically, like our new builder bin, your DIY dollar store STEM activities, and vocational training tools like principal and DIY task boxes, all meant to support teachers in special education or autism units. So be sure to visit www.noodlenook.net today to get your questions answered. All right, let's get this podcast started. Hey all, so I was prepping to do a YouTube video about 10 mind-blowing facts on teaching special ed, and I was doing my research and stumbled upon some information that I thought, you know what, I'm going to come on to the podcast for a moment and just talk about some of the things that I was reading because, no lie, it was a little bit jarring. And I say that, well, it was jarring. So I have 10 mind-blowing facts on teaching special education that I'm going to drop on my YouTube channel in a couple of weeks. But as a little preview, you guys on the podcast are going to get a couple of items that have just been rattling around in my head. And as we talk about these things, I wanted to really point out how this is going to impact us as special ed teachers and the stuff that we do inside of our classrooms as we go forward over the next three, five, and 10 years. So first off was that the Economic Policy Institute has noted that there are 307,000 job shortfalls in public education right now. 307,000. That's just crazy to me that there's such a shortage. But for all of y'all that are out there in the world, teaching in classrooms, teaching in schools, across districts, across America, you know we are not fully staffed. Man, we are lucky if we can get fully staffed. And it used to be that there were pretty consistently about 16 students per special ed teacher over the last decade that's been true. But now, just recently, um, and actually the t- starting in the 2015-2016 school year, it bumped up to 17. So when we start talking about those shortages, we know that they impact us directly in terms of how many folks are sitting in our classrooms. That, by the way, was from Education Week that noted that that student per teacher ratio has actually gone up, which is just a bummer because if you're in these classrooms, you know, you add one more student, it changes everything. You add one more student on your caseload, it can sometimes feel ridiculously overwhelming. And the number of SPED teachers has dropped recently, just over the last decade, but, but more so over the last five years. We used to have more SPED teachers but now we're, we're really not. And the number of students who are receiving special ed services has actually increased. Yikes! <laughs> the number of students keeps growing for the seventh straight year, giving the total enrollment of 14% of public school students receiving SPED services. 14%. 
gosh, we used to be this little teeny tiny part of a very big ecosystem, and now we just keep growing. 14% is a lot. And this is as of 2000, over the, um, analysis over the last 20 years. But most recently, what they've noted is that one in three of these students who are enrolled in special ed have a specific learning disability. One in five have a speech impairment. One in seven have an other health impairment. And one in 20 have an emotional disability. So what the population of students that we're looking at is changing a little bit. I know that when I was researching the rate of autism in students, it was staggering how many more students are being diagnosed with autism. And it feels very real in our classrooms. Like I remember when I first started teaching, and this is, you know, many moons ago, when you looked at a SPED population or a SPED classroom, maybe mm, two or three of the students in a classroom of 20 would have autism. And the majority of the students in the classroom are really made up of students with down syndrome, with a traumatic brain injury, with cerebral palsy, with a specified learning disability related to lead, um, things that were very much not autism. <laughs> now you walk in and, and so many more students are students with autism. So I had to go look up what the incidence rate is looking like over the course of the last few years. And looking at information from not only the CDC, but also from articles that have recently been released, it's showing that the rate of autism in children in the year 2000 was about 1 in 150. And in 2014, it was 1 in 59. And I'm just like, wait, what? That's crazy. So from 2007 to 2018, there's been a 140% increase in the number of special ed students with autism. 140%. 140%. And that's from power school, excuse me, powerschools.com. So in that same time frame, ED diagnosis has dropped 21%. An ID diagnosis has dropped 15%. An SLD has dropped 5%. But there's been a 56% increase in OHI and a 29% increase in developmental delays. So those are the diagnosis of the students who qualify for SPED services. So man, when you think about the impact of what this is going to look like in our classrooms, and that's what, when I was doing all this research, what I couldn't help thinking about was, what does that look like for us as teachers who are, who are working with students who are increasingly more and more often being diagnosed with autism and, and less likely to be diagnosed with some things that had been kind of classically sped in the past? It's very interesting to think about how we need to address students who are nonverbal, how we need to work with students who have limited ability to communicate consistently, how we work with students who don't assess well on IQ tests. And that really feeds back into the idea of presumed competence and least dangerous assumption, which you've heard me talk about not only on the YouTube channel, but on, my, on the podcast as well. So I just couldn't help but think about how we are going to have to do things differently. I'm really interested in what you guys think about this in terms of, well, how our jobs are changing and what the demands of a special ed teacher look like, what you think they might look like three years from now, five years from now, or 10 or 20 years from now. The last little tidbit of data that I wanted to kind of drop on you was, was about what our population kind of looks like. Right now, as of today, 10% of special ed teachers in classrooms are not certified to be there. They are people who have had emergency licenses or some other stopgap to get them into the classroom, possibly long-term sub. 
So 10% of our ranks are people who aren't even licensed to be there. And then the other part of that is 31% of SPED teachers, 31% of us have no educational degree or background. So that kind of translates to Alt-Cert. 31% of us have come to the classroom through Alt-Cert. And hey, no judgment. I'm an Alt-Cert teacher. I came in through Alt-Cert. I love it. I'll never go back. But it's interesting to think that a third of the SPED teachers that are employed in this country have never had any formal educational degree program to equip them to walk into these classrooms. It, it's a lot. You and I both know that when you walk into a SPED classroom, it's a, it is, <laughs> it's like riding a roller coaster with your hair on fire. It's, there's so many nuances and things you need to understand about student disabilities, managing other adults, paperwork and documentation, the whole IEP process. It is a lot, a lot. And when you think that so many of us come to that without four years of, of educational degree programming. Gosh, that, that's, that's a lot to get behind. Um, so anyway, I, I really am. I'm totally curious about what you guys think. I really, drop me an email, drop notes in the comments of this page, reach out, because I would love to come back and talk about what some of y'all think in terms of what the job of a teacher will look like in, in two years, three years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. Where do you think this is? this is going? <laughs> I know that's a really big question, but maybe I can have somebody come on and talk with us about what that could look like. Uh, just so we can all be better equipped for what our jobs are going to become. So this is Ayo here with Noodle Nook, just leaving you with a little something to think about it. And remember for all y'all out there in the classrooms, stay strong and teach on. Till next time. There are so many questions out there about how to be the best teacher you can be when you work with low-incident students and students with severe disabilities like autism. And we need all the great teachers we can get, so stay strong and teach on. Thanks for listening to The Teacher Nook. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing now. You can do that by visiting www.noodlenook.net or searching on your favorite podcast player. Bye, y'all. Till next time. <laughs>